Okay, so we're continuing this process of finding the heart of wisdom. And I wanted to come back to two particular qualities that powerfully support this exploration. And these are the qualities of sati and samadhi. So sati being mindfulness, samadhi being stability of mind, non-distractability. A quality of very steady attention. So as Dara said last night, quoting the suttas, the mind that is malleable and wieldy, which means we can just direct our attention anywhere and the mind stays there almost effortlessly. And because of that effortlessness, it's a quality that's profoundly healing. It gives our nervous system a rest from its usual overstimulation. Because, as I think you know, most of us are so used to reacting and overreacting to our experience, trying to manipulate it and control it, that we don't even recognize how much hard work that actually takes until we have our first taste of more deeper stability of mind and we feel the relief that comes from giving up all forms of micromanaging. And then we can just rest in states of ease and calm, acceptance, profound equanimity. There's no wanting in the mind. There's no not wanting in the mind. Just peace. Now, it's possible that for some of you that might find, sound like a far-off or unattainable experience. But every one of us has the capacity to, ex to experience that kind of samadhi because it develops quite naturally if we let it as a byproduct of continuity of mindfulness. And that's why we put so much emphasis on knowing what you're doing as you're doing it through every activity of the day. Now, you might hear that and think, oh, that sounds exhausting. But the quality of mindfulness that we're looking for here is very light. So some of you may know the teacher, Sedo Utejaniya. He gives an example of how much effort this kind of mindfulness takes, where he's, he says, let's do it right now. Let, just bring your hands up like this, both hands, and then just mindfully bring them together until they're touching. Okay, so now your hands are touching. Do you know that they're touching? How much effort is that taking? Okay, you can put your hands down now. For myself, especially in the beginning of my practice, metaphorically, I'll be like touching, 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 and bringing a whole lot of extra force to the mindfulness that actually wasn't necessary. And it took me quite a long time to realize that there could be just this lightness of knowing. And when it's that simple, direct, and light, it really doesn't take a lot of effort, and it actually is sustainable throughout the day. So you might notice when the bell rings at the end of the session, is there a sense of, oh, thank God, thank goodness. If there is, that might be a sign of a little bit of over-efforting, because the moment immediately before the bell, 
and the moment immediately after the bell are equal opportunities for mindfulness. One isn't any better than the other. So when the mindfulness does become more stable, when, there is, when it is supported by samadhi, we can then begin to open up the field of our awareness to include more and more aspects of our experience. And I want to really highlight that point because I've noticed in many of the places that I teach around the world, there's a very common misperception that real mindfulness, real meditation, is focusing attention on the breath and sort of locking it there, which means that any experience that is not the breath is wrong or bad and shouldn't be happening. And so with that belief in the mind, we end up struggling with our experience, constantly dragging the attention back to the breath, back to the breath, back to the breath, trying to ignore any other sensations in the body that might be calling our attention, and definitely trying to get rid of any thinking or emotional responses that might be happening. And I can understand where this misperception comes from because most beginning instructions on insight retreats do start with being asked to bring awareness to the breath. And we're told when the mind wanders, bring it back to the breath. I gave similar instructions myself on day one. But what perhaps isn't made explicit is that the point of those instructions is to help develop stability of mind, non-distractability. And then when we have some degree of stability, we open up the mindfulness until ultimately no experience is left out. So some of you might be familiar with the key text for insight practice, the Satipatthana Sutta, for establishments of mindfulness. So you will know that within that system, mindfulness of the body is the first of these four establishments. Then comes mindfulness of feeling tone or Vedana that we were exploring yesterday. And then next is mindfulness of the mind itself. And this is a foundation that's often left out when we believe that mindfulness is just about being with the breath. So in this third establishment of mindfulness, we're invited to look very directly at the various forms of mental activity, of thoughts, of emotions, of moods, of mind states. And that's what we're going to just touch into today, training in staying present with our thoughts, with the same bare awareness, the same non-reactivity that we've been cultivating all through this retreat. So just to restate, the beginning stage of the practice involves bringing the attention back to the breath or some other primary anchor in order to develop stability of mind. And then when we have some stability, we can open up the field of awareness to include every aspect of our experience. So yesterday afternoon, we started to touch into what are known as the six sense doors. Through the eye door, we receive sights and experience seeing. Through the ear door, we receive sounds and experience hearing. The nose door is smelling 
The tongue door is tasting. The body door is all physical sensations. And then the mind door, thoughts, emotions, moods, mind states, all forms of mental activity. And then when mindfulness is fully developed, we're able to notice, stay present with all of these experiences without getting lost in them. So fully developed mindfulness has this kind of elastic quality to it. And we can bring mindfulness even to the quality of mindfulness itself. Because in the beginning, we can tend to think that mindfulness is a static thing that we either have or we don't have. It's something we need to get. But mindfulness is more of a relationship. It's a way of relating to things. And like all relationships, it's constantly changing. So mindfulness can be experienced in a whole range of different ways. And especially in the beginning, as I was describing for myself, we often tend to overshoot the mark and try to force or fixate our awareness, thinking that a kind of a pinhead fixation on the object is real mindfulness. And I know myself, when I was practicing in the Burmese tradition, one of my early retreats, I actually passed out after three days because I was forcing my attention so tightly. So not a good idea. That kind of tight, intense mindfulness is very tiring. But because true mindfulness has this responsive aspect to it, at times we can allow it to have a wide angle or sort of panoramic quality and open more to a wider range of experiences at once. So sometimes we might be zooming right in, sort of like macro or ultra-high definition and seeing all the details of experience. Other times, it's a more diffuse mindfulness spread over a greater range of objects. And we can use this flexibility of mindfulness to our advantage. So, for example, if we're feeling tight, the mind's sort of contracted and tense, rather than zooming in, we might consciously open to a more wide-angle kind of diffuse uh, mindfulness. On the other hand, if we realize that we've got a little too spacious and we're just kind of spacey and not really particularly aware, then we might choose to sharpen the mindfulness and move it in more closely and um, get more precise again. So again, just noticing how might we maintain this continuity of mindfulness because it's actually less effort to have a light continuity throughout the day than a kind of all or nothing, come into the hall, mindful, 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 bell rings, it all collapses. Come back in the hall, mindful, 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 bell rings, it all collapses. That's actually more tiring than just this light, continuous moment-to-moment awareness. So I mentioned in some of the groups yesterday, some of you... um, We can experiment with reversing our usual hierarchy of meditation. So most of us have the belief that sitting in here is the real deal. Walking, it's still meditation, but it's not quite as good as the sitting. 
And then the rest of the day is just kind of filler in between the real sessions. So I invite you to reverse that. And one of my colleagues, Greg Scharf, calls this the in-betweening meditation. So really pay attention to the in-betweenings. How do you actually move from sitting to standing when the bell rings? What do you notice as you're walking to get your coat? How do you put on your shoes? How do you eat? And so on and so on. So there's a whole world of awareness that we can experience, that we can bring our mindfulness to. I shared with some of you in the meetings the experience of Sharon Salzberg where she writes about studying and practicing in Burma with Upandita. And Upandita is quite a legendary figure, so my guess is that she was feeling a bit intimidated by him. And the first time she had a meeting, she went in all excited to share these esoteric meditation experiences she'd had. And he said, well, when you put on your shoes, did you put on your left shoe first or your right shoe first? And she had no idea. So she went away and really paid attention to how she put on her shoes so that at the next meeting she'd be able to tell him. But at the next meeting he said, when you wash your face, how did you wash your face? She had no idea. (laughs) She went away and studied how she washed her face. And, of course, the next meeting he asked her something else that she hadn't paid attention to. And finally she got that it's that careful, kind, curious attention to everything we're doing from the moment our eyes open in the morning until we rest at night. That's the continuity of mindfulness that we can develop here. Okay, so in the next guided meditation... I'm going to invite us to start opening up our attention away from the breath, beyond the breath. And the instruction is to connect. We'll go through different stages, but we'll be moving from the sensations of the breath to sensations throughout the body. And I'll invite you to connect with whatever is predominant in your experience. And this word predominant, basically means whatever is calling your attention most strongly. So you don't need to get caught in thinking, oh, should I pay attention to my knee or my back? Just let your attention connect with whatever is naturally calling it. It's possible that at times there might not be any particular sensations that you're aware of, perhaps even a slight sense of blankness in the body. That's totally fine. You can simply know that, because that is what is predominant in that moment. So whatever your experience is, you're simply knowing it as it is. You're not trying to make it be any particular way. And then when the mindfulness has some stability there, I'm going to invite us to open up to the experience of hearing. So with hearing, we're simply settling back and receiving sounds. We don't need to identify the sounds or follow the sounds or wonder where they came from or anything like that. We simply know hearing when sounds are present. So that's the general idea and I'll guide you through it.
So beginning by just taking a few moments to settle into a comfortable enough sitting posture. One where you can find that natural balance of uprightness and ease. Alertness and relaxation. Coming home to the body, getting that felt sense of the body sitting. There is the body. The body sitting, supported by the cushion or the bench or the chair beneath your sitting bones. Letting the weight of the body surrender into the support of the earth beneath you. So that from this stable, supported base, the spine can become just a little taller and straighter. Sitting like a mountain, strong, stable, balanced. Upright and at ease. And then inviting the awareness to connect with the experience of breathing wherever the physical sensations of the breath are clearest for you. Simply letting the attention rest there, connecting with those sensations very lightly. Just that simple knowing that you're breathing in knowing that you're breathing out. And then beginning to refine the attention on the breath, staying connected to the sensations of each in-breath and each out-breath. Noticing that there's often a slight sense of a gap between the in-breath and the out-breath. And that each half-breath has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Without forcing or straining or fixating the attention, Settling back and receiving the beginning and the middle, the end of each in-breath 
a slight gap. And in the beginning, the middle and the end of each out breath. Without over-efforting, just staying present to each in-breath and each out-breath, the beginning, the middle, and the end, one half-breath at a time. And even with the breath as a kind of home base, From time to time, some other physical sensations elsewhere in the body might naturally call your attention, might become predominant. So when you notice some other kind of sensation becoming predominant, you can just know it with mindfulness. in terms of the sensations that it comprises. So rather than knowing or naming, for example, pain, becoming curious, noticing the different sensations of perhaps numbness or tingling, pulling, Pressure, tightness, heat, aching, heaviness, and so on. Just allowing the awareness to connect with any physical sensations that may be predominant. If nothing in particular is calling the attention, then simply staying present with the experience of breathing. Opening up the field of awareness now to include physical sensations anywhere throughout the whole body. Opening up the field of awareness a little wider now to include the experience of hearing. Simply settling back and receiving any sounds that arise from time to time. Letting the mindfulness connect with the experience of hearing for as long as the sound is present. And if no sound is happening, you can know or note silence. Or let the awareness connect with whatever physical sensation is predominant. Letting the mindfulness move now between the experience of hearing, sensations in the body, and the breath, whatever is predominant.
As you continue to open the field of awareness to include sounds, noticing how sounds arise, stay for a while, and then pass away. In the same way, at times, you might notice some kind of mental activity some thinking in the background, perhaps a flicker of an emotion. an underlying mood. Staying settled back and receptive, beginning to allow any mental activity that may be present to simply be known. Sometimes when we turn our awareness directly to thoughts, they can seem to vanish, get stage fright, and the mind becomes blank. In that case, blankness is the predominant experience. And you can simply know, notice or note this. At other times, when we're invited to know directly the experience of the mind, it can seem like there's a torrent of mental activity. And again, you don't need to get too detailed. You can simply know torrent or confusion. or lots of thinking. Simply settling back and receiving whatever mental activity may be present. Not trying to get rid of it, not getting lost in it, seeing if it can simply be known with bare awareness. Thinking is like this. Planning is like this. Feeling confused is like this. If at any time you notice getting lost in the experience, you can come back to the home base of the breath. Steady the awareness there for a few minutes. And then when you're ready, opening up the awareness again to the experience of mental activity. And then letting go of directing the attention anywhere in particular. 
staying settled back and simply receiving whatever experience is predominant, moment to moment, knowing a sound, a physical sensation somewhere in the body, a thought, an emotion, the breath, another sound, sensation, thought, and so on. Simply settling back and receiving the ever-changing flow of experience, staying mindful moment to moment to moment with this flow of experiences arising, staying for a while and passing away. walking meditation and in service of this opening up the awareness there's a variation of walking meditation you might like to experiment with it's called rotating through the senses so you choose a track as usual and the first time you walk the length of that track You allow the awareness to connect with sensations anywhere in the body. So not only the feet, but perhaps the sensation of air against the skin of the face or the movement in the shoulders and so on. So as you're walking, you can know or note body, body, body. Then you stop, turn around, and the next pass of the track, you open up to the sense door of seeing and you settle back and receive whatever sights may come your way. So it's not so much looking around as just allowing colors and forms and textures to be known at the eye door. So you note or notice seeing, seeing, seeing. And then the third pass of the track, you do the same thing with hearing. So settling back and receiving sounds. Again, just allowing whatever sounds are present to be known and perhaps some moments of silence in between. So you just continue like that, rotating between the body, seeing, hearing. So just something you might like to experiment with. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.